You're listening to the Screaming Pods Network. Hope you're ready for the next episode. Hey. Life. It's funny, isn't it? One second, you're an amoeba. Then, an infant. Then, you're in the parking lot of one of your planet's top-performing metal bands. I'm Sarah Koenig. Journey back with me and my colleagues, Drs. Mike Delaney and Stephanie Crawford, as they excavate minutes two and three of life's heavy metal parking lot. There's a lot to unpack this week. The Shot on Video Initiative, NPR, and Screaming Pods presents T-H-E-S-O-V-P-O-D-M-I-N-I-H-M-P-L Part 2. And now, Edward Montgomery, philanthropist, film lover, and home broker. Hello again, film fans. Edward Montgomery here, checking in to make sure that you are getting the most pleasure possible from our restoration of heavy metal parking lot. So much of ourselves went into making sure this film looks and sounds as pristine as it does today. But here at Montgomery Video and Mortgage, we are not only satisfied to come up with ways to purify films of the past. We also like to provide supplemental material for the truest of fans. Are you you ready, Steph? No. Do you want... What do you mean, no? Now I'm ready. All right, very good. All right. Hold on one sec. Ugh. Are you ready? <laughs> I was, but then I did something stupid. All right, here we go. All right, yeah, so we got we got, we have the drummer on there and then the bassist, right? They're the two that share the card. That So that, that seems pretty fair, right? Okay, that's what you're saying. All right, here's what you need to know about uh, Largo, Maryland, where the movie takes place at... <laughs> At this time in history, so 1986, Largo, Maryland, Steph, they're in the middle of their population boom. Between 1980 and 1990, the population grew 70%. Around this time, there's 8,000 people living in Largo, Maryland. So this was like a very big time in, uh, in pop culture for, for, for Maryland. Maryland is not generally known for its sharks, but actually a common enough occurrence in the Chesapeake Bay. Bonehead sharks, tiger sharks, hammerhead sharks, and even a great white shark named Mary Lee have all been spotted in Maryland waters. Hi, I'm Malcolm Lawson, I'm a Maryland real estate agent, and that was one of 10 facts that you probably didn't know about Maryland. Here's another one for you. Number nine, Maryland was not always known for the Baltimore Ravens. In fact, starting in 1953, Maryland was known for the Baltimore Colts. This was until the early morning of March 29, 1984, when the Colts abruptly and without any warning announced that they would be moving to Indianapolis. Still to this day, many Baltimore natives have a strong distaste for the Colts because of this slight. Number eight, Assateague Island near Ocean City, Maryland is home to more than 300 wild ponies that roam free. Legend has it that they originally arrived on the island when a Spanish cargo ship sank off the East Coast 
and the horses swam to shore. Number seven, Maryland used to be shaped like this. Then in 1789, Maryland and Virginia donated 100 square miles of land to form Washington, D.C. In 1846, Virginia took back its donated land and left Washington, D.C. in its current shape. Number six, Maryland is named after the English queen, Henrietta Maria. She was married to Charles, the King of Great Britain, who signed the 1632 charter establishing Maryland as a colony. Number five, Maryland's flag is based off of the family lines of Lord Baltimore. The black and gold design on the flag is a coat of arms from the Calvert line. The red and white design is the coat of arms of the Crossland line, which is the Lord Baltimore's mother's side. Number four, our motto and the state seal was also taken from Lord Baltimore's family crest. Our official state motto translates to manly deeds, womanly words. However, many today find this sexist and the preferred alternative is strong deeds, gentle words. Maryland is obviously known for its blue crabs and it also has a thriving oyster industry. At one point though, Maryland had a thriving scallop industry as well. In 1930, a hurricane struck Maryland and destroyed much of the seagrass in the Chesapeake Bay the scallops used to live in. This, along with the spread of disease, and the Chesapeake scallops were pushed to the brink of extinction. Today, there is a growing effort to reintroduce the scallops into the bay. Number two, Maryland earned the nickname the Old Line State in the American Revolution during the Battle of Long Island. The Maryland Line successfully held off the advancements of the British long enough for George Washington and the Continental Army to retreat during the first major battle of the war. And the number one fact about Maryland that you probably did not know is that a recent study concluded that 38% of all Maryland crab cakes do not contain Maryland crabs. DNA tests identified eight non-Maryland crab species in crab cakes sold throughout the state. Anything else from the first minute? Uh, while we get our first uh, look at the parking lot proper, uh, uh, right after the uh, Judas Priest montage, we get to see the actual parking lot, and it really whets your appetite. Because if you're not uh, familiar with the legend of this movie, uh, once you see what everyone looks like and like, the snapshot of time it is, it, it's pretty enticing. <laughs> it is, and we are going to be describing some of those snapshots here uh, very shortly. And and if I'm not mistaken, you made a you made a joke when you called me on the phone. You said that your your Nick Cage meter went off. Is he part of this legend, or what? What, what don't I know? Rob says Leonardo DiCaprio, Belinda Carlisle, and Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Cage, 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 and his cousin Sofia Coppola were among those he introduced HMPL to. Schaffner says Coppola, Cage's cousin in real life, once came in and requested a batch of, like, ten copies of the movie to give out as gifts. Source, the deranged true story of heavy metal parking lot, The Citizen Kane of Wasted Teenage Metalness by Dave McKenna for Concourse, March 29th, 2016. Uh, he's just part of everything. He's like the force, I guess. <laughs> yes. He is, he is the force. He's part of, yes. Absolutely. Let's let's just press play.
All right. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick this one off because I I do want to say that most of minute two we hear uh, that that Judas Priest song. Uh, you got another thing coming, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the only Judas Priest song ever to to chart on the top 100 or the Hot 100, whatever Billboard calls it. And it it only landed at number 67. But like, I wish, and I hope I could find a clip of this for the show. I want to hear Casey Kasem talk about Judas Priest, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I I don't think he ever played. Uh, did did he play like? He did like the top fifty, right, or the top twenty? What did he do? I I don't know. I know he, he was... was on Saved by the Bell. Our first finalists, the exciting Spandex Twins, Kelly Kapowski and AC Slater. <laughs> Right, and he's shaggy. And he's shaggy, right? yeah. That's yeah. pretty much what I know. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, as long as we're talking to the young people this morning in their canisters and uh, waking mom and dad up and telling them to get to the telephone, there's another character, a cartoon character, that I've played for the past, eight, past 18 years on the network and in syndication. Uh, how many of you know the show Scooby-Doo? Yeah. There's a character that I play on that show, the sidekick of Scooby-Doo for the past 17 or 18 years, and his name is Shaggy. And Shaggy would like to say a few words to the young people out there, all right? Go ahead. Are okay. you Shaggy? I'm Shaggy. Go ahead, Shaggy. Shaggy talks like this, the way he talks, Jer. And he's always talking about his good buddy Scoob, his old friend, his old pal, his old dear, dear buddy. And Shaggy would say right now, not all young children are as fortunate as you are. There are some that aren't. And some of them have muscular dystrophy. And there's one way to make sure that we one day find a cure for it. So just like Scoob would say, that's right, Raggy. I'm saying, as Shaggy, pitch in. Get those dimes and those quarters and those pennies. They add up, and they can all make a big, big difference. Your old pal Shaggy and Scooby, too, saying, why don't you do it this morning? And remind Mom and Dad to get to that phone and make their pledge, too, okay? Thank you. Uh, the other quick thing that I want to say about this minute is how everyone at this time period is still like so enamored and starstruck when they see someone hold a, a VHS camera. Like, you, like nowadays we could hold a, a cell phone up and you know we could film incognito, but you know of course back then you had these things mounted on your shoulders, and uh, these drunk kids all see this. I say kids, but we'll get to that later. But uh, <laughs> they all see this this video camera and they they just want to be like right there and it's it's kind of fun to see everybody so excited to to get recorded what what do you have from this second minute uh the second minute it's uh pretty notable for being rock and roll we get our first power screams that we hear while they're passing by which i think uh kind of works into the excitement you brought up you see a camera you scream Please, God, put that camera on me, because it was definitely a novelty back then. Plus, we get to see Judas Priest tour buses, and they're pretty fucking badass. They are. They are really good-looking tour brush, uh, buses. I, I was going to say brushes, because they have the airbrushing... Uh, what, what does it say on the back of it? Like, classic? or It, it, it just had that really cool, like, neon 
uh, 80s font to it where you're like, yeah, man, they're mm-hmm. getting some fucking road sodas and road head in, in that bus right there. <laughs> uh, lots lots of good baseball-style rock tees, right? We, we don't get uh, too many close-ups to see exactly what the shirts say at, at this moment, but tons of delicious mullets. Uh, we do, if we're talking about the mise-en-scene, like... How, how everything is coming together. We do know that there's a, a police presence. Okay. Hello? Okay, the call just got lost. Um, I'm going to leave the recording on. And something just got knocked over. Um, so I guess that's a good time. I thought it was going to happen. Straight from the underground A young nigga got it bad Cause he's brown mm, fuck the police Yeah, fuck the police Fuck the police Coming straight from the underground A young nigga got it bad Cause he's brown There's a lot of good uh, baseball style rock tees, delicious mullets, police presents, shirts off, beer, beers out. You know, I've done this three or four times already. So if uh, if I don't have this information out there, then there you go. Oh, Steph, hey, hi, can you hit uh, play so we could watch minute two to three? Thank you, Steph, for hitting play. Yeah. David Elby, I'm 20 years old. I'm ready to rock. Don, 13. Who are you here to see tonight? Judas Priest! Judas Priest is the best. Uh-huh. Always Calvary has been, always has been. Calvary County, oh, I see. They're gonna show how young people fuck up today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll be in the Air Force in about two and a half weeks. Fucking party! No shit! Alright, what's your name? Graham, man, like Graham a dirt and shit. Yeah. Where are you from? Where are you from? Well, I'm from, I'm from fucking the West Coast, man. You came all the way. All right, so Stephanie, take it away. What do we get here in a uh, minute two to three? Okay. Uh, well, we have one of our first very memorable character set pieces, I would say. Uh, we have a handsome young man. He tells us he's 20 years old, and he uh, he's with some friends, including a young girl next to him. <laughs> and uh, she lets us know that she's 13, and then we get a close-up of them kissing. Did you ever find out the age of consent in Maryland, by the way? The age of consent in Maryland is 16, and it's also of note oh that Maryland... Uh, sex laws, uh, to, to quote the, the great Beck, uh, the sex laws in Maryland, there's no close a, uh, age exemption. All right. So it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no Romeo and Juliet laws. That, that is what they call it. Although was it, but wasn't Romeo and Juliet, they were like 14 and 20. Anyway, whatever. How old are you? 20. 
She's a 17-year-old girl. So we can work this two ways. One, I punch you right in the mouth and you call the police on me. Dad. Or two, I just call the cops on you because this is illegal. She's a minor. We're protected by the Romeo and Juliet laws. We dated for a little while. I was a sophomore and he was a senior. It's fine. No, it's not fine. We've got a pre-existing juvenile foundation relationship. Statute 2705-3. What? Texas statute? And I had a real Juliet, huh? You know how those two ended up? Love. Dead. Yeah. But uh so so yeah, what that means is that uh if you're under 16 and you have sex, uh that's that's statutory uh rape. So that means two 15-year-olds could fuck and both get charged with statutory rape. So definitely this guy is uh, up Shits Creek. Uh, yeah. Okay, um, can I give you some behind-the-scenes information I gleaned from the DVD? Um, I had it recorded onto VHS. Does that count? I had it transferred. <laughs> I went backwards. <laughs> However, I have the background scoop from the DVD, which I had transferred backwards uh, on a VHS, so it's okay. It's kosher. Kosher. They caught up with a few of the uh, people who appeared in the documentary. This blonde guy was one of them. And he's still rocking. He's super enthusiastic. He's in a band, and the band prepared a, a song. That's about the heavy metal parking lot movie. Uh, and you can you know, the filmmakers like, oh, this is great. We're catching up. Uh, but you can tell they're just chomping at the bit to ask him about the jailbait. So they, they're like, so was she your girlfriend? Immediately he said, no, 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 no. Uh, she was the daughter of uh, like my dentist. And uh she lived nearby, and she went to the school I used to, and she had tickets for Judas Priest. I said, yeah, I'd go, but, like, she wasn't my girlfriend. So, I guess it depends on how trustworthy you think this guy is. I'm going to take him at his word, just so I'm not creeped out. But he says they're still friends and everything, so. Yeah, it, it would be significantly less shocking, though, because he, he would be, what, like, 50 at this time and then she'd be like 43 so yeah it wouldn't it wouldn't hit the same way but uh yeah <laughs> i don't believe him i don't believe him yeah that was probably a good call <laughs> uh what else do we have from minute two to three you know what i feel like the people that went in the concert early i feel like they they don't look like everybody else that that's hanging out in the parking lot they look like they're there for like duran duran or the fix or something like they're gonna listen to reach the beach you know, I, they don't, they don't look like the heavy metalers. So they yeah, definitely not pre-partying, uh, those people sneaking inside. And I also want to say at this time, it's, it's weird to see how many, cause this is, uh, what, this is 1986. How, how many people are mm -hmm. like unironically wearing like, uh, like Rolling Stones or like, uh, uh, Led Zeppelin or like Grateful Dead, like to uh, to a, a heavy metal rock show like this, because it because the Stones were not cool at this time. Stones, more like the Rolling Boners. Fuck this band. They are a shitty hard rock band formed in 1962. 
What the fuck? What a bunch of old teasers. Kamada. Let me talk about the fans. Oh. My. Fucking. God. The fans are but for idiots who can't take opinions for shit. Fuck the Rolling Stones and fuck Bon Jovi. Right. No. So these are like hardcore rock and rollers and maybe it's even fucking laundry day. Like nowadays you could buy a Rolling Stone shirt from uh, Target or wherever. But but these people are in it to win it. Hit uh, hit play. Well, yes. Well, kind of. No? You... Well, it is a transitionary period for Judas Priest. So you did have some heavy metal people, definitely. But their game played on the radio. The album was more approachable, is a little catchier, so uh, you had more mainstream people. You had some more party people, some people who looked vaguely Duran Duran, as and some may call them. Who's who's so who's Dawkins pulling in at this point? Because we should mention too that Dawkins is uh, is the special guest, the opener or whatever for the show. Well, if I'm if I'm judging it by Hemel parking lot alone, it's the girls. Dokken girls seem to appreciate Dokken in the tail. That is true. When they ask the boys or the dudes or whatever the the, the penist creatures, they're all like priest, priest. It's like 50 50. So? It's like dogs all right. <laughs> yeah, a few of them said they were all right. They were all right. And some said they didn't. All right, hit uh hit play for minutes uh, 3 and 4, please. Hope you're ready for the next episode. Hey. On the next T-H-E-S-O-V-P-O-D-M-I-N-I-H-M-P-L Part 3 Who Killed Laura Palmer was water cooler in 1990. In 2018, coolers are buzzing with this query. What happens next? I'm Sarah Koenig. You're not. Fuck you. 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 I'm Sarah Koenig. You're not. Fuck you.